0: Hey Nina, in today's podcast we're going to talk about craving community and this reminded me about cravings that you've experienced over the years when you were pregnant (laughs) with our kiddos. What are some of the foods that you craved?
1: Well, this is interesting because one one of the first cravings I can really remember would be Subway sandwiches. Which was difficult because we lived in Indonesia and there was not a subway in our <laughs> where we lived.
0: Did we have to go to Singapore anytime while you were pregnant with with Naomi?
1: I think so with Naomi, but I think by then my craving had passed. Like I wasn't.
0: <laughs> you had moved on.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I didn't get to enjoy a subway sandwich. Um, another craving I had was grapefruit and. Indonesia also did not have grapefruit.
0: But they had something very similar, right?
1: Yes. And it was called jeruk bali. Um,
0: So it was like a Balinese uh, citrus.
1: Or yes, citrus. But it it was the closest thing that um, Indonesians helped me find that was like grapefruit. And thankfully, we were able to find it a few times and they had it. And I'm like, just get me as much of it as you can. (laughs) And so that was nice that I could actually find something that um at that point on that in that pregnancy. When we were back in the States and I was pregnant with Noah, I just really wanted blueberries. I remember blueberries being my thing with um cream of wheat. <laughs> blueberries it was, and cream of wheat. It was weird and and, but and delicious, then, since, right? Yeah, but since then I haven't wanted cream of wheat. <laughs>
0: So when you have a craving, one of those strong desires, what did that feel like? How did it change you and what were the feelings like?
1: I feel like it was strange because it kind of came out of nowhere. I'm like, why do I want that? I hadn't been thinking about necessarily that food. It was just, that was the taste, I guess, I was really wanting at the time. And it, you know, it changed throughout wherever i was in my pregnancy so it didn't it wasn't like i wanted grapefruit throughout that whole pregnancy for a period of time anyway it didn't go away like i really wanted that craving and so i was trying to find the food to help me find that. yeah find that taste
0: that's interesting when there's a craving we seek after the thing that we crave hey friends welcome to the encourage inspire podcast my name is nathan
1: and i am nina In this episode, we'll be talking about the importance of community. When we came back to the United States, Nathan, we desperately craved community. We did. That was a really hard time in our lives also. But God shows up like He always does with an unlikely icebreaker that we call Serial Celebration
0: our passion is building faithful families thank you for walking alongside us as we share stories and talk about lessons we are learning it's exciting to share what god is up to right now the word community is one of those words that is both simple and complex it's not hard to understand the meaning of the word but sometimes it's hard to see the word lived out in our daily lives from my experience i've noticed that different people think different things about the word community And a lot of times it depends on how poorly that person has been received by a community and how that person has lived in community.
1: So in an attempt to make sure we all are on the same page, let's check out the Oxford Dictionary definitions for the word community. So one, a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common. Two, a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes interests, and goals.
0: I've also heard community explained as common plus unity. So the two words put together, there's a common unity. And for me, that means shared connectedness. Mm. I think in the context of this podcast, that first definition really talks about location. And it's hard to be in community if you're not located in the general area as other people. But we're also going to be focusing on how those shared interests, those shared attitudes and same goals impact life in a community. So Nina, there are lots and lots of different types of community. I can think of online communities I've been a part of. Can you think of any types of community you've been a part of?
1: I've been a part of sports community. So like a team? A team, or, or yeah. A group? Okay. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: I think of our neighborhood. I love our neighbors. And because we're geographically located on the same street, we get to be community together.
1: There are also other kinds of hobbies that draws people together, so whether that be art, music, uh,
0: off-roading, hunting, <laughs> yeah. uh, fishing, quilting. As we look at the definition of community, it's easy to realize there's all these different types of communities, right? But as we continue to share, like what I notice is that those communities, although important, weren't what we were seeking. Um, and, And as we share this story, I think it's important to differentiate between just having a shared common interest with somebody and doing life together with them because of that, but having a shared purpose and a shared vision. Like, that's a whole new level of community, in my opinion.
1: I agree. When we came back from Indonesia, we were so desperate for community. Our move back to the States was really painful in many ways. I remember having numbness, and I just felt suffocated at times just from the pain and grief of stepping away from Indonesia and what what that meant in terms of community, as we've been talking about. You know, we also had all these questions. Why had God asked us to leave a place that we called home? Why did He ask us to leave our work, friends, spiritual family that we had grown to love. And especially at a time when we were seeing some really neat things happening, you know, we asked, why did he ask us to leave that community?
0: Yeah, our, our hearts were in the process of healing. Um, at that time, life was still very, very tough. We had just moved to a new city. And, and honestly, we didn't really know many people. And we weren't content, though, with being isolated. So we had that feeling of, we don't know anybody but we don't wanna be people who don't know anybody. Mm-hmm. I, I did know some people from work, but for you and the kiddos, like you knew no one.
1: Our only connection was people from your work at that point.
0: But you didn't know them like I did. No,
1: and and so that was, oh, that was just so hard. You know, it was like starting at ground zero.
0: We weren't quite as, as close to ground zero as we had been before, but it was really close. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, it it really was. I honestly didn't want to move.
0: Because we had some connections where we were at.
1: Yeah, so I knew that starting in another city where I didn't even know anyone was just, it was going to be challenging.
0: Yeah, definitely. But but we've always desired meaningful body life. And when we say body life, that's a connectedness with, with believers. Um, it's a faith community. And and we even look in scripture and the Bible talks about it, how important it is for believers to gather together and, and to do life with one another. But like we were struggling with all of that. We weren't able to do life with other people again because we didn't have other people yet.
1: Not yet. And we were also dealing with all of our pain and grief from what God was asking us to leave and then come into. And so we were still processing that part of our life.
0: I would say we were probably in phase two of that processing, though. Um, we weren't as, or I wasn't as as numb. I wasn't as depressed as I had been initially, but I was bitter. <laughs> um, like still challenging God and asking God questions like, why is this happening this way? But you know what, like in the past, we we had some of our strongest personal connections and spiritual connections, and that all took place in our faith community. So we did what we had done countless Sunday mornings throughout our life. We got to go to church.
1: Definitely. We knew that that's where we wanted to start those connections.
0: So we just went. And the next Sunday, we did the same thing. And then the next and the next, we just kept going back to church. Because again, like you just said, that's, that's where we wanted to focus our the aspects of community that we were desiring. Now, our just showing up did not make us a part of a community it didn't really mean that we were connecting with people on any meaningful level. We were just physically present. And until we moved past that just being physically present aspect and started engaging in the emotional and and the spiritual connectedness, we wouldn't be able to fill a part of that community. Now, something I'm reminded of is is community really takes effort from both sides.
1: Hmm. It's a very intentional thing that you have to do.
0: So, yes, I love that. So two parties involved at least, both being intentional about the relationship that they're developing. You know, God really blessed us. We we met a group of people who welcomed us in, and what we chose to do is, is not be passive in that relationship or in that process. We decided to become very active, as active as we knew how to be. I'm an introvert, and I don't like that. I just want people to go, hey— come with us. But I really felt like at times we had to go, hey, we want to be with you all. So we actively tried to make those connections. We actively tried to develop those relationships. But it was really hard because I felt like the newcomer, the newest person, right? And sometimes I felt like an outsider until we grew those relationships.
1: I would definitely agree. We were the outsiders.
0: The outsiders. It sounds so dangerous, doesn't it? You know, we kind of joked about being dangerous, being the outsiders, but with with a family as large as ours, it's almost like people think we're dangerous because we're big. And and I think the assumption is we're gonna be big and loud and unruly. And that scares people. Big families scare people. They scare me sometimes. <laughs>
1: There were seven of us at the time and Noah was inside my belly. So there's really eight, but he was on the, he was on the, he wasn't on the outside yet. <laughs> I think people are a little bit scared to have that large of a family come into their home, or maybe they don't have enough space for people that have that big of a family to come into their home. So it, it probably is a little bit intimidating to have a large family at such as ours.
0: 100%. I can see that. God was continuing to bless our family, but really at that time, um, we were struggling not only with desiring community, but we were also struggling financially. Life was tough. We have learned over the years that sitting down and eating together with other people is really one of the best ways and one of the sweetest ways to, to start a relationship. We were struggling. We want to be with people. We don't have a lot of resources. They maybe don't want to be with us yet. <laughs> um, so like logistically speaking, resources were slim. How do you invite, or how do you plan to invite someone over for dinner, when you don't know how many people are going to show up or how many people you're planning on inviting?
1: Thankfully, we had some really dear friends of ours who had just moved away. So that's not the dear part. Like that's like
0: (laughs) I was going to say the same thing. (laughs) We're not. We're not thankful they moved
1: away. I definitely like that was probably they're the ones that really helped us get through that first few months of being off the field. (laughs) Their leaving provided us with an unexpected blessing because of something that they got to experience from their move.
0: So they were introduced to something that that we affectionately call cereal celebration. I think that's the name that they were told. So, So we received this thing called cereal celebration. So you might be asking, what in the world is cereal celebration? For us, cereal celebration became one way of inviting people to our home to eat lunch with us after Sunday morning worship service. Nina, when you think about having someone over to your home after Sunday morning worship service, does that tend to bring happy, joyful thoughts to your mind or does that kind of stress you out?
1: I think a little bit of both because I enjoy having people come over and have that fellowship time, but right after church, you, it's really hard to put a meal together quickly when everyone's hungry and wants to eat immediately.
0: So great points. We wanted people, but it's hard to prepare just anything for any size family on most Sundays, and let alone when you invite more people over. With cereal Celebration, it gave us that solution. It gave us that, that new way of thinking about how to engage new families, people that we wanted to get to know better. So it kind of went like this. We would pick a family. So you and I discussed, talked about, have we made any connections with anybody? So we picked a family that we wanted to get to know better. Then during our time at at the traditional service that we went to, we would go and ask that family if they had lunch plans. Surprisingly, a lot of people didn't have lunch plans yet. If they didn't have lunch plans, do you want to come to our house for lunch? Now, this is where it gets a little uh, unique and interesting. Like, we didn't have pot roast. We didn't have bread and potatoes in a crock pot waiting for us. We would say this. uh, We have bowls, we have spoon, and we have milk. Now, both families, what we're going to do is we're going to bring our favorite cereals. So oftentimes, that family would need to go home or they would run to the grocery store. They would pick up a couple of boxes, maybe three or four boxes of cereal, depending on the family, and then they would come straight to our house. And then we would put all of the boxes of cereal on the counter and the kids went wild. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they enjoyed that.
0: The adults a lot of times went wild as well. So as buffet style, we would chat and we would get to know people better. And it removed so many of those barriers that that traditionally prevented us from, from inviting people over.
1: Yeah. So why was cereal celebration so great for us and for others, I hope, is kids loved it. You know, it removed the financial barrier that you were talking about, Nathan. Because we were in a difficult place. It's something quick that people could go pick up. It wasn't a time-consuming thing for any family to prepare a meal. You know, we could meet right after church, and our kids aren't going crazy because they're hungry. They might be going crazy because of the cereal, all the, <laughs> the sugar. sugar. So,
0: so this is our this is our disclaimer. Um, we are not advocating for a cereal-only diet. Um, <laughs> Everything in moderation, correct? Oh, yeah. At the beginning, it was just, we tried to keep it as simple and as easy as possible to remove as many barriers as possible. Now, even though it was relatively simple and easy, it still required us to be intentional. We had to go to church with the mindset of, we want to meet somebody this week. We want to get to know somebody this week. And then at the same time, we had to let go of the mindset of, well, what if our house isn't perfectly picked up? I think stuff like that, the desire or, or the lack of a desire to pursue relationship and the concern that, well, maybe our home isn't good enough. I know that destroys the opportunities to create more meaningful community.
1: Yeah.
0: In community, life's messy. Now, I'm not saying like just downright dirty, but...
1: Um, <laughs> but if know. everything's not quite picked up or put in its home, like place that you have for your, your things, it's okay. It's okay because, let, people, let people into what you're living.
0: <laughs> yeah, let people in. We were so desperate for community, and we knew it. There are people that are desperate for community and sometimes don't know it. But but we knew it because we had already experienced authentic community in the past. We knew we were missing something because we had held on to something that was so meaningful. Hey, babe, Psalm 34, 8 speaks to, to God's goodness. Do you mind reading that verse for us?
1: This is a really great verse. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. We knew that God was good because we had tasted and seen and experienced his presence in another community in another culture. And it was very meaningful to us. We were living life with other believers in a really deep and meaningful way. We were encouraged by praying together, getting in God's word together, and...
0: Doing life together. Doing
1: life together, yes.
0: And in the same way that we had tasted and seen that God was good, we had tasted and seen the body of Christ, God's church, we knew that it was good as well. And uh, just had a deep desire for fellowship with other believers and to love one another and to encourage one another and live out those one another verses that are scattered throughout, throughout Scripture. Nina, as we've been uh, starting a new year and reading through scripture, we're just finished Exodus, we're now into Leviticus, and there's a lot of talk about the physical tabernacle that God prepared for his people so that his presence would be among the people. And you made a comment, a very interesting comment a couple of days ago, is that God's presence among his people took place within community. Of the people. And that, that was really interesting to me. It's something we've been learning. We, I, as a child, I always thought of tabernacle as a exclusively as a noun, it was the place where God showed up. But I've been hearing people more and more lately talk about tabernacle as a verb, that mm-hmm. God tabernacled with his people, his chosen people, as they were in community together. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: It's really exciting. Sometimes, you know, when we're reading through the Old Testament, it's hard. But as you said, we were as we were reading through Leviticus and we're also jumping into numbers now, God is showing up to his people in a very specific way. And he says, this is how you can approach me because I am holy. And there's also an expectation in how the people are going to present themselves to To God.
0: But not just to God, but within their relationship with each other as well.
1: There's these commandments, you know, how we're supposed to live with one another, just all throughout Scripture. And even as we jump into what Jesus did for us and how He actually lives, the Holy Spirit lives in us now, and He's with us always. In all of Scripture, we never see where God wants us to do this walk alone. He's with us, and He promises us so many things in Scripture that. He never leaves us. He's with us. He wants to walk with us. He wants to carry our burdens. You know, he wants to meet with us and have this genuine relationship with us. But then he also expects us to walk this life with other believers doing the same thing for, so that we can have that encouragement so that we can be built up when we're weak. Another one might be strong and when they're strong and we're weak, you know, we're, we're there for each other and helping one another along so that we can run with endurance. You know, I think about keeping our eyes fixed on Christ.
0: Great call out with the, the strength and the weakness, different giftings yeah. and, and thinking about how God brings and unifies diverse people together. I'm even thinking of Revelation, where every tribe, tongue, language, and nation will be brought together. So a lot of what we're talking about today is local community, local Mm -hmm. church. There's one day when the full scope of all church that has ever been past, present, and future will be gathered around. And um, God's work in our lives, Christ's work in our lives is what brings that community together.
1: Yeah, it's just really exciting to see what... God wants to do in his people and how when we do work together in community especially in local community like you were saying that we can bless other people and then other people can bless us as well as we walk hand in hand helping each other through this the struggle of this broken world and this life
0: 100% totally agree What is healthy community to us what do we see about healthy community in scripture have we read other resources that explain like what makes up a good community? One thing that unites is something we've already talked about. There's a shared goal, a shared vision, a shared purpose. Outside in, in the secular world, community can have shared, shared interest or shared hobbies. But for me, I think like what we've already talked about, just talked about how God gives believers a shared purpose, a shared vision even a shared heart and shared mind. So for me, that's that's one of those healthy aspects of community when we unite under the things that we we share in common and not with the things that, that we differ on.
1: We have to run to scripture, though, when we are looking at what that community should look like. What is a healthy community? And I think of Acts when I think of what is a healthy community when we see the early church meeting together.
0: A healthy spiritual community, especially. Yes. hmm so, so things that you see in Acts, they're gathering together to be in God's Word. They're praying together. They're ministering together. We even see healings and miracles happening.
1: Eating together, fellowshipping, doing the Lord's Supper.
0: A lot of togetherness that's taking place in that. Another interesting thing I think about community is typically a community is not relegated to one specific place for one specific section of time per week. Like when I think of the times in my life when my spiritual community has meant the most, is it poured outside of traditional Sunday morning worship times into other parts of my week, other parts of my my day. And and it doesn't mean it's always like predetermined time that we have set for healthy community. Sometimes people just come over because they need something. Or sometimes we just show up because we want to fellowship and I think healthy community being relegated to only a specific time is very limiting in, in that way.
1: You can't just go as deep with one another if you're just meeting for a certain amount of time on a certain day of the week.
0: Yeah, time. A, a limitation on time does impact depth of a relationship. Yeah. What else? Are there any other things that, that are healthy aspects of community?
1: I think accountability oh, and of yeah. v- vulnerability to Being open with one another about where we're at in our walk and and encouraging each other.
0: I was looking up online about some healthy elements of community, and and you used a very religious term, accountability. But that, that resource was talking about how you need to understand the rules of the community, and there's basic rules that dictate how we interact with mm-hmm. each other. In terms of a spiritual community, God's word, that's that's the ultimate source. But then do we hold each other accountable? But I, I like the other part. So, you know, when we show up, we need to show up authentically and and genuinely. Because, you know, honestly, we we all struggle. And if, if you're a part of a faith community, that's one place of all places in the world <laughs> that, that hopefully people can help you through, through that challenge and through that difficulty. Healthy communities are not always inward-focused. Mm, yeah. I do believe that a healthy community will understand how it can make a difference in the world around it, in the community around it, in the neighborhood around it. Providing people the opportunity to, to serve outside of itself, for me, would be another aspect of healthy community.
1: And that's using the gifts God has given us to love on other people within our community, but then outside of our community.
0: Yeah, 100%. So we jump way back to like earlier in the podcast, we used this term common unity or shared connectedness. That shared connectedness is a shared purpose, vision, or goal, but it's made up of uniquely gifted, diversely gifted people. So even though we have something in common we still all bring something different to the table, and and that's beautiful. That's that's awesome. Like, like you had mentioned earlier, I show up with my weaknesses, but that might be your strength. And we start to balance each other and encourage each other in how diversely gifted we are.
1: I love the way that God has made us to serve as one body. He's made all these parts, all these different peoples with all these giftings, but so that we can serve as one.
0: When we started talking about community, I think probably a lot of people might have thought about the dictionary definitions of community that that we read earlier, that you read earlier, Nina. And and really, this whole time we've been having a a desire to to communicate more about spiritual community. That, that's how we have found our deepest community. That's how we've experienced um, the most beautiful and authentic community is is in context of being around people who have shared values and and faith that we do. We recently attended an event and there was a session where people could just share about their, the weekend and the time and sessions. And I heard so many people and it blessed my heart because a lot of people don't feel like they're connected to community. And so over and over again, I think five or six times people are like, one of the most meaningful things about this weekend was community, community, community. And I love that. But I think there's one more step. I think there's one more level of commitment above and beyond community. And what I've been trying to describe it as is intentional covenant body life. Intentional covenant body life will also be dictated by scripture. It's different than just saying we gather together with a shared hobby or we gather together with a shared interest. Covenant community is we come together under the leadership and the lordship of Jesus Christ, being led by the Holy Spirit, intentionally deciding to do body life together, how Christ has instructed us to do life together. And I think there's just this one additional level, and hopefully in the next podcast, that's that's what I want us to dive deeper into. Like what's what's the difference between community and covenant community or covenant body life?
1: Again, I think it's another beautiful picture of what Christ wanted within the, the church community.
0: Covenant, we think of the Old Testament. God made covenants with the people of Israel. Sometimes we think of marriage relationship. And, you know, when I use the word covenant, I'm I'm kind of pulling from both of those ideas. Can you imagine if a group of people gathered together? What if they made a covenant with each other, much like a husband and wife make a covenant marriage relationship and go, while we are here in this place at this time, in this time in history, we will do body life together. Meaningful body life, no matter what happens for better or worse. And sickness and health, right?
1: Yes. <laughs> um,
0: as long as we live, we will choose to to be in covenant body life with each other. Amen. Amen. So follow up with the next episode. Um, that's what we'll be talking about. Our passion, like we've talked about. we We want families. We want people to feel equipped to build a faithful family, but that really does happen in context of community, especially that covenant community that we've been talking about.
1: Nathan, I was thinking as we wrap up on this topic of community, building community, finding that community, and I, I'm speaking about this spiritual community, not a hobby or a sport, but doing life together with other believers in a deep and meaningful way where you're, you're equipping one another to walk on this journey with Christ, is that sometimes it's, it's hard and you're tired and life just gets overwhelming.
0: Sometimes it's messy.
1: I think that's when you have to press in deeper, be intentional, even if it's hard or if you're the newcomer or the outsider? How can you be intentional in finding that group of people that you can do life with, go deeper with, and and hey, maybe use Serial Celebration as a way to start that journey?
0: Hey, Nina, we have um, met many, many people over the last six to 12 months, and they they gather for Sunday morning worship, and maybe they serve, or maybe there's a variety of reasons why, but it's been a while since they've done community, hmm. and, and I just hope that if that's you, if, if you know you need community, fight for it. Even if it comes easy finding community, it's hard to, to build and keep community, but it's so worth it. Our hope and desire is that many people will taste and see the goodness of being a part of God's body and being a part of God's church, and you'll be so excited about it. You'll talk about your community to other people and invite people in and bless them as you've been blessed.
1: Yeah, I would love to see the the type of community that we have been blessed to be a part of be in everyone's life, you know, multiplied out to the ends of the world, right? That's where, that's what God's commission is.
0: That's his commission for us. Hey friends, again, we we love talking about building faithful families. We love talking about what God's doing in our life, what he's doing through the body of believers, the community of believers that he's blessed us with. We desire that for you. We desire that you grow in faith as a family, that you get to experience the joys and the blessings of community. Friends, it would be greatly appreciated if you would share this podcast with other people. If the topics that we are talking about are making a difference in your life, if the stories of what God is doing in our lives is encouraging to you, if God is inspiring you to build a faithful family, please pass this along because we want to we wanna speak to, To people who have a desire to build faithful families, Um, this podcast is for them. This podcast is for you. So please share.
1: Thank you guys for listening.